Hey, everybody. It's been awful. It's been horrible. We're here to, again, overreact, which is not going to be that far of a stretch for Georgia I fans. Po- I would argue it's not possible to overreact. It's not possible to overreact because we looked filthy. We'll talk all about it right after this. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I am Daniel. He is Clint. And I am happy to report that I'm still alive. Yeah. My man Clint is still alive. Oh, we here. The cake pan is still alive. Everything is good. And all is well in Nashville. Uh, um, well, let me stop here. All is not there. super well. Okay. All is still alive and standing. It was a, it was a wild time. Um, we did not anticipate it going that way. No. We have a lot of feelings. And here's the funny thing about it. Clint... We we had some obligations. We 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 had yes. some we had some things going on. So we did not watch the game until late. We're not spoiled on it. Came in totally fresh. Didn't finish the game until about three a.m. Yes. My man hit the airport. I took him to the airport about six a.m. Right around that time. Yep. And so you do the math on that. And now it's Sunday night, the end of that day. And Clint, how many minutes have we spent talking about the Georgia game since we watched it in silence together on Saturday night? Not a single stinking ounce because I I decided when I got home that I would go ahead and embody the Georgia team and wear this ridiculous, ugly thing that is on my face. Oh wow! This As is a representation, this is a statement. This is a statement. This is a statement piece of how dirty and disgusting that, we played, Daniel. I was going to comment on it, but I'll be honest with you, I was scared of it. I was. Uh, I'm, I'm, our, we were scared of the game, Daniel, which is yeah. why we didn't talk about it until now. So I think we got a couple things to talk about. We're going to talk about. Maybe we're going to take a couple days to diagnose, digest, really get the juices flowing on how bad we looked at Missouri. Sure. Uh, and Daniel, I think the easiest way we're going to do it is we're going to have possibly six segments of the most important reasons or the biggest glaring issues for this Georgia team yep. coming out of Mizzou. Let's do. Let me stop. Let me let me suggest. Let's do five segments. Okay. And I want to take the next moment, if I may. You may. <laughs> as just a moment for us. Okay. Um, Last week, Georgia fans, yeah, I came on this podcast and I said some things, and Clint, Clint tried to talk me down. A lot of you all in the comments tried to talk me down. We did. Said I was overreacting. Said I was being ridiculous. Said this was nonsense that was being spoken about. That is what was said of you. <clears throat> I'm not here to cast blame or to point fingers i'm actually here clint no i'm actually here and this is gonna again we've not talked about this at all i'm actually here to tell you and this is not 
a deflection or me going numb inside. I'm actually here to tell you, Clint, that today, after this past weekend, I'm fine. Like, Georgia fans, hear me out. Okay. It wasn't good. No. And we're not as good as we thought we were. So those things are true, and you need to hear them, and you need to own them, and you need Daniel, to accept them. Daniel, I'm going to parlay. With you. Just keep on, keep coming. Keep this energy coming. But we won this game. That's the only thing that matters. The biggest misconception about college football is, and I'll just get yes. it out of the way now. Yes. Georgia isn't the number one team in the country. Don't care. Which has nothing to do with whether or not Georgia's the best team in the country. But let me say something that will hurt your feelings even more. Please Georgia's no. not the best team in the country right now. I genuinely don't believe they are from objectively watching the games. Now, does the Oregon win look good? Yes, Oregon keeps winning games, keeps looking impressive. The Oregon win is a better win uh-huh. than Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson has. Yes. But look at the games, look at the product on the field. I don't think you could say with a straight face that Georgia's better than Alabama right now. Right now. You are getting no argument from me. But it doesn't matter if Georgia's not the best team in the country right now. The only time that it matters if you're the best team in the country in college football, if you're Georgia, is Same. on is on the in January of the national championship game. That's it. That's the day you have to be the best team in the country. Yeah. We weren't the best team in the country on, on the first Saturday of December last year. Football season. Thank you. Thank we you. We were not the best team in the country. We got smoked by the best team in the country on that day. But guess what? They didn't hand out a national championship on that day. And on January the 10th, we were the best team in the country. Today, Georgia fans, we're not the best team in the country. And that's okay because Georgia's good enough to win these games, not lose them, not lose to Ole Miss like Alabama did, not lose to Texas A&M like Alabama did when they went on to still be elite teams, compete, Mm -hmm. win national championships. But we went on to win this game, a game that we should have lost. Every match should have lost the game. But we didn't lose the game. We won the game. And we're going to talk about all the flaws, and we're going to talk about all the weaknesses. But this is what needs to be said. This Georgia team fought, and they won the game. They did what they had to do in the end to win the game. And at the end of the day, all you have to do is win the games. So are there flaws? Yes. Are we the best team in the country right now? No. Do I care about that at all? No, I don't. Here's what I care about, that we continue to get better because that's the thing that's going to matter. Not why are we so bad or why do I have to prove that we're so good when we were so bad. I don't have to talk a big game. I don't have to puff out my chest. I don't have to be better than Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson because we don't play Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson for a long, long time. Ohio State, to your point, Ohio State looked pedestrian against Notre Dame, who lost to Marshall at home. Okay, That's right. Alabama looked terrible against Texas. Who lost terrible? Georgia looked terrible against Kent State and Missouri. Who got Missouri? Who got blown out by Kansas State? So, all these teams. But see, this is this is your point, Daniel. Let me. I I had two 
two talking points to really kind of, I wasn't going to silver lining it. And I did feel that maybe I had to come on here and, and maybe pull you back, but I'm glad you're already coming back from the ledge. And two points. One, each game is a different game in the season in totality. Okay. You can learn some things. You can, you can, you can glean some insight, but if you don't realize how abjectly pumped Mizzou was for this game, they came out like this was the only game they were playing all damn year. Yep. And, and every team's going to be that way for Georgia. There you go, Daniel. Yep. Okay. That's great. And, and all of you saying, no, no, it's, it's ACC football. They get pumped up for every game. No, they don't. No, they don't. This, like this has some juice to it. Secondly, we won when we shouldn't have. And we won keeping positivity. There are no fatal, there are no fatal flaws to this team, Daniel. That's what I'm trying to say. There are flaws. Plenty. We're about to talk about them. We're going to talk. There are no fatal death blow that's an flaws. That's an interesting point. I want you to extrapolate that on, on that in the second segment. Because I think it's key that we understand the difference between a flaw and a fatal flaw as fans. So let's talk about that. First, maybe let's talk about something else. Uh, let's talk about LinkedIn. Like right now, it's look, the year is almost coming to an end. Winter is nigh upon us. Fall is in the air. And as you look to the end of the year, you got to finish strong. Like teams that come back in the fourth corner and finish a strong game like to win. Lose in December. But win in January. That's the you got to finish that's... when it counts, oh, Daniel. It okay. And that's what the folks at LinkedIn are all about. They're going to get you the right candidate for your job that you need right now. Instead of trying to figure out how to do all this weird hiring, head over to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college and you're going to post your job for free have millions and millions of people, tons of networks to get a hold of. LinkedIn, get the right candidate that you need for your job right now. All right, Clint. The team's got flaws, and and here's we're about to have some hard conversations, George. Hard conversations. Okay, and it's okay. Again, we're not the best team in the country right now, and that's okay. We won the game, and that's all that matters. But let's talk about what the flaws of this team are. And Clint, I'm going to start with maybe the hardest of all the conversations. Was this we was this get, what we were nervous about, Daniel? Were we nervous about this thing? We no, we were not nervous about this thing. Well, that's interesting because I wasn't. Oh, great! I'm going. I'm going right to the top. Okay, here we um, go. We have to talk on this podcast about Stetson Bennett. Thank you. So, Stetson Bennett is the quarterback of this team. Anybody who's talking about quarterback controversy, anybody who's talking about the backup quarterback, you're an idiot. Moron. I will mock you mercilessly until you choose to leave the viewership of this podcast because you're an idiot. So leave your your ridiculously uneducated. Yes. Now here's something that's true. The last two games, Stetson Bennett has played awful. He, he has, has played been sloppy, stupid, really poorly. Bad decisions, bad mechanics, bad. Z- it, it there's only been a couple of bright spots. He's been bottom tier, Daniel. Yeah. Now, did Stetson Bennett throw for 300 yards against Missouri? Yes, he did. Sure, he did. Don't come at me in the comments with that kind of meaningless statistic. 
Did Stetson Bennett get this team in the end zone consistently against Missouri? No, he did not. It is. Stetson Bennett make the wrong reads time after time after time, Clint? Yes, he did. Did Stetson Bennett throw behind, above, below, to the side of receivers over and over? Could we have been up by 14 if Stetson had hit hot routes, wide open players? 100%. Kyrus Jackson standing wide open in the end zone. Uh, Yes, Stetson Bennett had a terrible game. He also had a pretty bad game against Kent State. So... I say all that to say it needs to be discussed, but the way I want to discuss it because of what you just brought up is by, by asking you this, Clint. When I tell you that the quarterback on my team is playing really, really poorly right now, that sounds to me like something that could be diagnosed as a fatal flaw because if your quarterback sucks, your team's not going to be any good. Okay. So... What I'm asking for the sake of yes. me and for the sake of the listeners is talk to me about your comment about Georgia doesn't have fatal flaws. What is it about Stetson Bennett specifically that makes this a flaw and not a fatal flaw? Let me explain to you a fatal flaw in a quarterback. He's got exit velocity, but he can't ever, nor has he shown ever in his life, to have accuracy to any receiver in the own jersey that he shares. Hmm. That's a fatal flaw. Daniel, you're saying somebody that's got a lot of arm talent, got a ton of arm talent. You're saying somebody that maybe plays south of us, south and in some orange and some blue. Yeah, that's a fatal flaw. That's That's a a, fatal flaw. You're going to lose and you're not going to have a chance to win consistently. Eastern Washington, though. Oh, Come I'm sure on. they Please did. Please get onto the Twitter more and tell sure me about how you put it did. on Eastern Washington. Again, your boy over here, not an athlete. Your boy played Eastern Washington, so <laughs> shove it. Okay? Oh, no. Shove it. Um, no, Daniel, he, here's, here's the deal. Uh, it's not fatal because of this. Stetson has things to clean up that are not mechanical, mm-hmm. that are not... they. There's a couple of very bad reads, but they're not decision-making because he showed himself to be able to take care of the ball. Missing open receivers is bad read. He got he got hit in the face because Mizzou was coming with blitzing. But it's fixable because you can scheme against weaknesses. You can scheme towards strengths based upon what other teams are going to do. And it's not fatal because Stetson is smart before he is anything else. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is disciplined before he is anything else. At the end of the day, he knows exactly when to pull it down. He's got the talent around him. And he takes care of the football, especially this year, Daniel especially this year. He's been impeccable at it. And why it's not a fatal flaw is, again, one of the biggest problems I have with Missouri is Sesson Bennett did not do two things, and they all had to do with pre-snap. He pre-snap allowed Mizzou to get a running 10-yard sprint because they timed every snap possible from him. Every clap was timed up. Every clap. If Stetson did did a clap... And then held the line. He would know who's blitzing because they would be they'd be dancing over the edge. They'd be trying to stop themselves from coming across the line of scrimmage. Oh, it would be like it would be like Dan Mullen trying to fight a Vanderbilt football player. <laughs> that's that's actually Billy Napier. I think you're thinking of. Oh wait, 
It's, no, they all do that. It's both of them. Okay. They're the same person. He didn't do pre-snap reads and able to change up the timing. He allowed Mizzou to blitz. And when they blitzed, he went single decision-making. He didn't make his reads. Now, Daniel, why it's fixable, why it's not a fatal flaw, is because you, Todd Munkin, the master surgeon, can scheme for that better, Daniel. He can get blitz-beating things, which he did come out in the second half. And he showed us the second half. He did. He fixed those mistakes. That Stetson calmed down, but it was because Todd was helping him out greatly. The second thing is film study, a smart, savvy quarterback who hates being bad with a coach like Kirby and Todd are going to get in the film room and have been exposed and fix it because they're not arm talent issues. Daniel, yep. it's schematics and it's coaching and it's reps, and we have plenty of that in droves. That's why it's not fatal. I, I hear you. It He... It felt a little fatal on Saturday night, if I'm honest, but all of the things that you're saying are absolutely true. And one of the problems on Saturday night is that Sesson did turn the ball over. He he made maybe the worst decision to pull a try to pull his own read uh, out oh of the belly of the running back and put the ball on the ground. Again, across midfield, turned the ball over, took points off the board. And that's not we haven't seen him do that this year he hasn't made those bonehead decisions he hasn't made those throws that you're just like oh there's a defender right there what in the world are you doing he has taken care of the football as long as that continues you you like to be, you would like to believe that especially as ad mitchell comes back uh that there's going to be weapons for him to throw to and he's going to be able to make some better decisions than we saw on Saturday night. I've actually got something to say about Stetson Bennett's performance on Saturday night. And I'll probably say it, I'll probably save it for tomorrow's show. Ooh. But remind me on oh, tomorrow's gonna... show, Clint. <laughs> because there's a lot of blame to yep. go around. Yep. And um some of it's going to have to belong to some people that we haven't assigned blame to in quite in, some time. In a very long time. But they might deserve some after this performance. So we'll be right back, and um, we're going to talk about the second most grievous thing about this Georgia football oh team. And Clint wanted to talk about it in this past segment. and the next segment, I'm not going to be able to hold him back any longer. He's going to do it. So third segment, listeners, giddy up. But first, I want to let you know about BetOnline. BetOnline is the, sport, uh, the official sports book of Locked On Bulldogs and Locked On Atlanta and Locked On Podcast everywhere. That's because... I'm sorry, what is sports betting? I don't well, do that. You don't do... Well, not after this weekend, you don't, Daniel. I, I wouldn't don't claim anything to that. that. No, uh, your boys that. were chasing Neither all night. It was, it was almost as if our souls knew that we were going to hit destruction at 3 a.m. and needed to go ahead and Prepares. captivate our minds on other things. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but we love sports betting. Bet Online has every single line that you need. Parlays, over-unders. You can make whatever leg you want. You can get points. They are safe. They're reliable. They are great. Bet Online, the official sports book sponsors of Locked On Podcasts. All right, Clint. Yep, um, here we go. We talked get about Stetson Bennett. But let's get into it because I started this podcast by saying I'm okay. I started this podcast by saying it, we won the game. That's the most important thing. All of that's true. But there are some things that have to get cleaned up. 
Some of them are new, as I said, as I referenced. There's going to be some new people that are going to need to clean some things up. Mm-hmm. But some of the areas that we need to get cleaned up, Clint, are not new. They are, they are things that we've been talking about for a little while now. They are things that we mentioned on Friday that we were quite nervous about. Very nervous. And here we are on uh, Sunday night, and now I'm not nervous about them. They're reality. I feel other things about them, Clint. Let's talk about the offensive line. This offensive line, let me tell you right now, I, I'm just going to come out of the gate hot and heavy. Okay, Tate Ratledge, I don't know if I want you starting on my offensive line any longer. I don't know if I could trust you to push over a bowling pin. I don't know if I could trust you to not allow a miniature poodle to not get to Stetson Bennett. That was the trashiest performance I have ever seen. I saw somewhere that the five offensive linemen, Daniel talked about them not gelling. There was no gel. There was no cohesion. Again, first segment or second segment, Stetson did not do them any favors and got the the wrong calls and the wrong slide protections and did not give them time to see where blitzes are coming. That is true. And there were a handful of times that when they were able to set up, when they did have protection, when they did have the scheme, they stonewalled some people. I get that. But we're not saying every play in the game was bad. So don't come at me and say, like, well, Dejan Edwards ran out the clock in the fourth quarter and we got three first downs. He did. The offensive line blocked really well. Very well, that drive. Kendall Milton's had some really nice runs. The offensive line blocked really nicely on some runs. But some runs is not what we're looking for from an offensive line. You understand that? I am looking for consistency to sustain drives. All game long. That's what I'm looking for. To establish that run game, to protect Stetson Bennett, Uh so that uh there's uh some sort of a threat that you can't just send the house on every play. Every single play. We couldn't do that. We couldn't do that at all in the first half. Because this offensive line don't want to block anybody, Clint. They don't want to move anybody. The guard spots on this team are terrible. Terrible guards. terrible. Van Pran, who... Who, by our accounts, is one of the most talented offensive linemen we've had in a while, got absolutely worked over in this game. The big zero in the middle there. Some of these D tackles, y'all, they were doing some things to the interior of our offensive line that was that criminal charges are being investigated, whether or not they should be filed. And I'm not even talking about Missouri's offensive linemen who should never play football again. You're you are why nobody likes you. You're the that, only reason. There it is. You're You're the only, there's no one else's problem. For a reason. Why everyone hates you? It's because you're, it. you're the worst. You're the worst. Thank you. Okay. But our offensive line close second to the worst, Clint. They were What is happening? And why? And where do we go? Here, okay. So I, I think that this was very true. When we went from Sam Pittman and we went to Matt Luke, there was an identity shift that took place. Sam Pittman just wanted literally the most mass on bodies as possible. That's what he was looking for. Okay. Matt Luke comes in. He wanted more athletic, slimmer guys. Mm -hmm. Stacy comes in. And I don't know yet if he has an identity for what he wants as an offensive he lineman. He wants guys Daniel. who don't block. That's well, his he has all of them. Lineman. He has okay. all of them that he That's wants great. right now. Right. 
Um, I think the the movement, I think it's very indicative that MIMS is still rotating in on a regular basis is indicative of something. Daniel, we are still searching for identity. We are still searching for what we want to be. There was one play consistently in this at this game that worked very well. It was the cutback run off tackle weak side. Show strength play side, cut back weak side right off the garden tackle, and that yeah, play right hit. Right through the hole, yep. And I loved watching it. That was the only one, Daniel. And so if you're telling me that's a scheme issue, that's what that's that's what Missouri was doing. That's so so it's not even good on the offensive lineman. They just executed well, but that's a schematic. That's a Todd Munkin doing us a favor mm-hmm. issue. This offensive line, I don't know if they know who they are outside of left tackle. I still think left tackle. By and large, he played awful as well. I'm not giving Broderick an not out. Not a great game. Not a great game, but it wasn't atrocious, Daniel. It, well, compared to some, it Ugh. wasn't. And it's not just the offensive line. We might as well talk about it here at the end of this show. The perimeter blocking was absolute trash as well, Clint. The blocking that we get from the wide receivers, from the tight ends, you got guys out there for Georgia who are just not sustaining blocks, who, Clint, are just choosing not to block people. Yeah. It was a concerning effort. There were some moments that the effort was certainly called into question on the Georgia team. It reminded me of trying to watch an Arkansas defensive back chase down an Alabama wide receiver, and he's just in a jog. Like, I couldn't learn your name number two on Arkansas because I didn't want to hate your mama for giving it to you. It, he's in a jog, like not even cover. And then fast forward a few hours later, and that's a little bit of what you saw from this Georgia team. Not getting outplayed and getting outworked. Yes, maybe that's what happened too. But getting out-efforted, lack of hustle, a lack of willingness to get in get your nose dirty and get in there yep that you have never seen from georgia under kirby smart and uh it's a concern so offensive line big issue i'm not ready again i said i'm not ready to throw stacy searles under the bus but it's really bad the difference between this year's offensive line and last year's offensive line in terms of production and the difference between this year's offensive line and last year's offensive line in terms of returning talent, there's a big discrepancy. There. Yes, there's there is. Big gap. And the person and again, that lives in that gap is coaching. Uh-huh. There it is. Yeah. That's where you keep the foundation going. And again, if you want to talk about the running game, yes, Kenny Mack and Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton, they, they played admirably, guys. They sure did. They played well. Kendall Milton deserves some formal apology music he's not right. going to get it because we're late in the show loyal third segment listeners just plug it in yourself in your own head but kendall milton great on game. Us. you, great you bounce game. back you bounce back brother great game. that fumble look that was a free play man i don't care about it i care about stetson ben's fumble because that was an idiotic play your fumble was a guy throwing a fist and hitting the football in the exact right perfectly spot. just a defender made a play and whatever but great game by you the offensive line awful game um, we're going to come back. We got some things on defense because there were some giant look the, the, the gap between giant bright spot and black hole sucking is so giant on this defensive performance at Mizzou. There are some plays where I thought we were going to surpass last year's team. And then I didn't think that we could ever be on the same field 
ever again with anybody who wore a jacket from last year's team, Daniel. I, there's going to be some people who get called out in tomorrow's episode that may have never been called out in the history of this podcast. But his name is Keely Ringo. But we coming because it was bad. Okay. We'll see you tomorrow. Lockdown Bulldogs podcast.